Are you looking for world-class health and wellness advice combined with a dose of inspiration and spiritual encouragement? You've come to the right place. This is nourishment for body and soul. This is Mana, and I'm Dr. Turner. Welcome. Well, hello. Glad to be here again. And I want to talk to you guys about setting a goal and achieving it, right? Like how to work productively and effectively towards your goals in life, whatever they are. I mean, we all deal with this. There could be goals ranging from financial to interpersonal to health. But in the final analysis, we deal with this concept of aspiring to do something, um, making a resolution perhaps, and trying to set goals and achieve them effectively. And a lot of times, unfortunately, we also deal with setbacks and sometimes feel defeated and discouraged. And so what I want to do is share with you some of my best advice, some of my best tips about being successful in the pursuit of your goals, okay? And we think about a lot of times laying out a goal and then we think about our plan to achieve that goal. So let's say it was weight loss. You might say, I want to lose 20 pounds and I'm going to do that by running two miles every day and eating less sugar. That's fine, but I actually want to amplify our discussion and I want to show you that instead of just two points, really there are five points that you need to think about. There are another three items that I would insert. Even before you set your goal, there's something that needs to be there. In between your goal and your plan, there's something that needs to be there. And after you've decided on your plan of running two miles every day and eating less sugar, there's something that needs to be there in the end too. So it's actually a five-part process and I want to go through that a little bit, okay? So you've set your goal, whatever it is. As I said, there's something that comes even prior to the goal, and that is hope, okay, hope. You have to have a sufficient belief and a sufficient hope in your mind that somehow that goal is possible, that it's attainable. Um, you may have, for example, heard that it's good to lose 20 pounds, okay, but, and you may write that as a goal, but unless you're in your mind, you're fully convinced that it's possible for you today in this moment, right, with your circumstances to do that, unless you're really convinced that there's hope and that there actually is light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, then it's going to just sit there as sort of a, an idea and, a, and an aspiration and maybe even almost like a burden, but you're not really going to be getting going on it because you're lacking hope uh, to, to see that through. So for example, as a physician, people might come to me, let's say, with their chronic neck problem. Um, and they might have a couple problems, but let's say someone's describing his neck problem, okay? And he says, well, Dr. Turner, uh, I hurt my neck, you know, 20 years ago in a car accident. I've had surgery. I've been on pain meds for a long time. I tried PT, you know, nothing, nothing really helped. It's just, it is what it is. I know it's not going to get better. So anyway, let's just move on. Let's talk about my knee, okay? And as soon as the patient says something like that, in my mind, although I know that there might be a few things still to help him in his neck, I'm sensing from him that he's got no hope on the matter. He's already firmly given himself a conclusion um, and, and, and wants to move on. Therefore, I'm likely to move on as well, right? It sort of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. He says, I've got no hope. It is what it is. I'm living with it. Let's move on. And I might honestly have the medical solution sitting in my mind, but I don't bring it up with him because I realize he's not interested in going there. It's gonna to take too much work for me, right? To try to unwind all of his conclusions, unwind all of his hopelessness, and try to get him on some goal and some path that I would propose. Uh, it's gonna to take too much work. And so he wants to consider it a dead issue and just deal with his sore neck. I guess that's where we're gonna leave it. I'm gonna end up talking to him about what he is open for, right? And that's a very different situation than someone that comes in and says, I got this sore neck, I was in a car accident for 20 years, I had surgery, I had PT, you know, nothing's helped so far, but what do you suggest, Dr. Turner? I mean, 
I'll do anything. I want to get better. At that point, I have an open door, right? And at that point, I start spending time. I start pouring out my ideas. I start making my suggestions. We come up with our plan and all that. So the first thing that has to be there is really a hope um, that things can get better. And, and when we don't have that, we shut ourselves down a lot uh, prematurely. Um, and, and we really can't progress farther. And consequently, one of my jobs in helping people be successful with behavior change is trying to instill that hope just right at the outset if it's really not there. You know, sometimes there's a saying that seeing is believing, right? Um, you have to see it to believe it. This is a little bit of the reverse, which is you have to believe it to see it, right? You have to believe it in your mind first that it's even possible to ultimately see it come about in action. There's another quote that I like on those lines too, which was by Henry Ford. And I actually came across this quote at a uh, Subway sandwich, or some kind of sandwich shop recently. Uh, but anyway, it was up on the wall. And it said, the man who thinks he can and the man who thinks he can't are both right. Which one are you? Right? Very powerful. The person who thinks he can and the person who thinks he can't are both right. Which one are you? Um, so we begin with hope. After that then comes actually setting your goal. Okay? Your hope, you, you've got your hope instilled that there's light at the end of the tunnel. You can be and do something different. Then you've got your goal. Fair enough. You want your state, your goal in as clear terms as possible. You want it not to be too overarching, too broad. You know, lose 50 pounds in a month or something like that. Right? Run a marathon by, you know, two months from now or something. So reasonable, scalable goal. But most people know how to do that part fairly well. Then there's something in between your goal and your plan. And this is a key part here. This, this piece here that sits in the middle, I will call your motivation. Another way to say that is your why. You have to be able to attach a clear motivation and a clear why to that goal. Let me use an example. Let's say I have a patient who comes in and says, uh, let's say an older woman in her 60s, she comes in with a bad hip. I say, okay, Ms. Smith, um, no problem. I see what the problem is here. I'm going to need you to do some certain home exercises, start taking some supplements to reduce the inflammation in your joints and build up the cartilage, and maybe we'll do an injection or two, okay? And she's going, okay. Now, at the point that I'm asking her to pursue that plan, she's going to have to do with um, basically putting herself out a little bit, right? Because status quo and continuing what you always have done is the easiest path. Now I'm asking her to do something different. So I'm asking her to do work, right? I'm asking her potentially to do exercise at home, go buy some supplements, start taking them twice a day, and maybe even let me put a needle in her hip, okay? So that's a big ask. So she was, she was comfortable here, and now I'm asking something different, which is a change, and that's work, and that's discomfort, right? And that's a challenge um, because of inertia. And so, Unless her motivation is high enough to help her climb this mountain, we're going to fail, right? We're not going to quite get there. She's going to tell me I need to get better with my hip, and I'm going to propose this, and she's going to be like, oh, but not at that cost, and then we're stuck. So for her to get to the other side, we've got to stoke her motivation sufficiently to help her do the work necessary to get over the bump, right? And what I will do then is I, before I even lay out my plan, as in therapy, supplements, and shop. Before I even talk about that, I'll have Ms. Smith tell me why. Tell me why we need to solve this problem with your hip. You know, if your hip were feeling great, um, how would that affect your life, right? What quality of life difference would that make for you? What would you like to be doing if your hip weren't a problem? That's actually the first discussion I'll have with her. And she'll start telling me, oh, well, you know, then I could get down the floor and play with my grandkids. I wouldn't have to feel worried about falling. You know, um, or I could sit through my grandkids' baseball game up in the bleachers without terrible pain, something like that. I'll say, okay, outstanding. Um, and then I will write that down 
and I'll reiterate that to her as we go through our process, right? So the next time she comes back for a visit, I'm like, how's it going, Ms. Smith? Well, you know, I've been doing my exercise a little bit here and there. Um, I didn't order the supplements yet, but I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, well, you know, remember, think about those grandkids, right? You want to be down the ground playing with them, right? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, remember the baseball game. How's that been going? Well, I haven't been able to go yet. I know. Well, as soon as we get to sit better, I bet you can. Okay. And so I feed back to her her own motivation and her why to stoke her mind, right, to get her moving forward, to help her do the work necessary to get over that hump. To be very precise, sometimes I'll have people write it down on a 3 by 5 card. Right? To play with the grandkids and post that on their bathroom mirror. That's my personal favorite. Or post it on the fridge, somewhere where you're going to see it every day. So it's usually an emotional, it's a highly emotional event um, that typically forms the basis for why. It's like, I don't want to get dementia like my dad did, or I don't want to have an early heart attack like my grandpa did, or I don't want to be broke you know, and homeless like my best friend or something. There's usually an emotional event that's the heart of your why and your, uh, your motivation, and you want to get really clear on what that is so that can carry you forward, because you need that emotional uh, boost, let's say, that wind in your sails to help do the work to move you forward. So we've got hope on top, then we've got our goal, and then we've got a clear motivation and a why for your goal. So I can ask you at any point, why are you doing this? Why are you training so hard? Why do you want to lose weight? Why are you buying the supplements? And you, t you can give me your reason, okay? And if you can give yourself your reason, yeah, you're on the right track. So we've got that. Then our third part that comes in there, which most people comes naturally, you know, it's pretty intuitive, that's your process, right? So you've got to have a clear process that you're going to execute to get you towards your goal. It's not enough just to say, I want to lose weight. You need to say, I'm going to run in the morning and I'm going to stop eating sugar, whatever. Sounds good. You come up with your process, sounds good. Um, you know, sometimes people aren't detailed enough in their process or it's not, uh, let's say, scientific enough or uh, reasonable enough. And so we have to adjust the process a little bit for people. Um, you know, there's a saying also that a goal without a plan is just a wish, right? And that's kind of what I'm getting at here. If you have that goal and there's really no plan attached to it, it's just kind of a wish. It's just sitting out there. So we want to make sure there's a good plan in place. Um, so that is this part here. But then there's the last part that a lot of people aren't ready for and uh, don't deal with sometimes effectively as well. So you're working your plan. You know why. You feel hopeful. Um, you can articulate to yourself your motivation. You're enthusiastic. And then what happens? Every single time, what happens? A setback, okay? A setback will happen. And guaranteed, that's just life on earth, right? That's just the way things go. <laughs> a setback will happen. You'll start your run, your ankle will start to hurt. You're gonna start running, it'll start raining, or it'll get too hot, okay? You're gonna eat less sugar, and someone will invite you to a potluck, and there's peach cobbler sitting out there, okay? And you'll eat it. Okay? And so then you got your setback, your first setback. This is inevitable. Um, I, I think about it like writing a paper. You know, in school, you write your first draft of your paper, you hand it back. It always gets handed back to you. There's red marks on that thing. It's never perfect the first time. There's always a setback in a process. So now you're in your zone of do you give up? Do you feel defeated? You know, it's like, yeah, I tried to lose the weight. I tried to start running, but the weather wasn't good, and so I just, I just gave it up, right? Or, or, or not. And so this part here has to do with your will, your determination, and just understanding that there will be setbacks and learning how to deal with them effectively, right? And that's a whole skill in and of itself. Maybe we can do another video on that, but how to deal with failure uh, in quotes, right? And how to deal with setbacks because they'll always occur. In fact, I like that idea of failure in quotes, right? Because what is a failure? I mean, really, let's say I want to start running and eating less sugar, and tomorrow morning it's too hot so I don't run and then I eat a donut. Is that a failure? 
well, it is, I guess, if I stop there, the next morning I have another chance. So if I get back on the horse that next morning, then it wasn't really a failure in an ultimate sense. It was just a setback. It was a blip, right? Uh, the next, it only really becomes a failure if I stop trying and I, and I just quit and I let it be a failure. Otherwise, it's just a temporary setback on my road towards progress, right? And that's kind of one, one of the ways you want to start to see it. So those are my ideas. Um, I work with, with people all the time um, in that way, and I hope that this benefits you in pursuit of your own goals. God bless. This wraps up another edition of MANA. I enjoyed our time together, and I hope that this has inspired you towards a healthy and happy life. Be blessed.